Thank you so much for visiting us online today. We believe God wants to speak to you through the following message. If you would like to connect with us or send us your prayer request, visit us at kingsgatehobs.com. Let's go to 2 Thessalonians chapter 1. We begin a new book, a new epistle. These are letters to believers. Okay, here's the deal. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John for everybody. Okay? Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Not that the whole Bible isn't for everybody, but let's just say they're more evangelical, right? Get people to have faith and put their faith in Jesus. We're going to read them. We're going to continue to read them and study them. We'll see if we get into one of those books next. Um, but they are more evangelical. They're about putting out the message of the gospel to people who are already believers, to know more about Jesus, people who don't know Jesus. Now, these letters, though, they're not written to unbelievers. They're called epistles. And those begin with Romans. Uh, Acts is the history of the church. I can't, history of the early church. I can't imagine that un, non-believers would be interested in that. So let's just say Acts on is for believers, okay? A non-believer could read Acts for archaeological value, I guess, and historical value. But Acts and then Romans. Uh, Romans is actually officially an epistle, so it's a letter to the saints. Romans, Corinthians, Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians. And all right, so here we are in 2 Thessalonians. These are not letters written to sinners. These are letters written to believers, okay? People who have a relationship with God, people who know God. Say, man, well, we may not, we're still learning. I'm, I'm still being discipled. That's okay. You have a relationship with God. You know the Lord. You've accepted Jesus. These letters are for you. That's why I read them and go through them on Wednesday nights. But like I said, as a matter of fact, we may be getting into one of the Gospels soon. We'll see how that goes. That just kind of rolled off my tongue a while ago. So 2 Thessalonians chapter 1, verse 1. Once again, this letter is from Paul, Silas, and Timothy. We're writing to the church in Thessalonica, right, in Greece, to you who belong to God our Father, that is you, and the Lord Jesus Christ. Believers, do sinners belong to God? Not a trick question. Anybody? Not really, because they haven't accepted him yet. It kind of was a trick question. She's like, oh, man. You didn't shout it out too loud. You did good. I guess it was kind of a trick question. Because people will say this, and this sounds good, even to a young believer. And, like, remember we were talking about We Are the World, the song recently? You know, Michael Jackson and them. We're all God's children. That sounds nice, but we're not. You say, man, are we saying we're better than everybody? No, we're different, and we're favored because we've accepted Jesus. We've placed our faith in Jesus. Okay? Now, God's vision is have was always to have the world full of his children, right? That's why there was the Garden of Eden, till we messed it up. And don't be mad at Adam and Eve, because you and me and others, we would have messed it up too, okay? We just kind of blame it on them now. But somebody would have messed up eventually. Why? God loved us enough to give us a free will. And that's a large part of him saying, I want you to be my child, but you've got to choose. And he'll draw you, he'll call you, but at some point, and that's his will, right? God's will. Scripture says it's not his will that any should die or perish apart from him. That's God's will. But our will, well, what is it? Is it to serve him? Is it to serve ourselves? The problem with serving ourselves is that turns into serving Satan. It, you're, you're not going to have two masters. Jesus said you're going to either love one and hate the other by comparison. So you're either going to serve the Lord or serve the enemy. I've heard people go so far as to say, and I love this for shock value. I love it because people say, no, me and the Lord have an understanding. I don't serve him. But, well, by default, if you don't worship God, who do you worship? 
That's creepy, isn't it? So by default, people who reject God are devil worshipers. And many of them, you talk to them, they're like, man, are you crazy? I don't worship the devil. I'm not sacrificing animals and drinking blood and doing all that demonic stuff. I don't do that. And man, you may even have people say, man, I don't even celebrate Halloween. It bothers me. It's a haunted stuff. It's, it's gory and creepy. Well, look, if you don't serve God, by default, you're going to serve the enemy. That's just how it is. People say, well, I serve myself. Well, in serving yourself, you make yourself an idol, and idol worship always defaults to the kingdom of darkness. Is everybody with me? Okay? So once again, may God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ give you grace and peace, but he's talking to believers, those of you who belong to the, our Father and our Lord Jesus Christ. Okay? Grace and peace, common theme in the New Testament. Grace being God's power, His ability to live right, do right, and act right. And peace, well, well-being. Even many of us as believers, sometimes we lose our peace because you know how it is. We're on our smartphones too much, whatever it is. We're watching too much Netflix and doing too much chill. That's dumb. I, that's bad grammar probably, but you know what I mean. Netflix and chill. Someone said, what is that? <laughs> what is that? There's, there's so much now. There's so much. And here's the funny thing. The world now is so distracting and so distracted. And we've all done it, right? You sit down in front of the TV and you still have your phone, <laughs> right? Say, man, are you, are you just getting on me? For, no, I'm just saying it's bad. We've all done it. We'll, we'll sit down in front of the TV and then we're playing with our phone and watching TV. It's like we need, we need all this. I remember in 1998, yes, those were the years when we had dial-up internet. Mom and dad's house, people would call. I hated it. It would knock us off the internet. Finally, I said, Dad, I'm going to buy a new phone line, man, for the, for the computer. This is crazy. We're on the internet. We're doing important stuff. We're sending emails and chatting, right? Important stuff. He's like, do whatever you want. I still remember that phone number, my first phone number that I had to pay for. But, man, we'd be online. I remember one time I was at the house alone. I was in my early 20s. I was going to college. I still lived at home. I was 20 or 21. And um, I guess at that point, I was, yeah, I was about 21. I wasn't 22 yet. And um, I was, I don't know what night it was, Academy Awards. I don't know what. But I, I remember thinking, man, this is going to be a night. I'm in mom and dad's house alone. And I'm gonna, I, the computer where it was, I could look through the door and see all the way into my back bedroom. You remember that back bedroom on North Acres? And I was on the computer, and I was chatting, and I was watching TV, and I was eating a can of Chinese food. Canned Chinese food. I don't recommend that. I still remember. And there was a big can. I just kind of heated it and ate it. So I was eating it and chatting and watching TV, and I thought, man, I'm doing All I needed was a cell phone. I don't think I had a cell phone at that time. I was between cell phones. But, man, I was so just over -dist overly distracted, right? Just all this stuff going on. But that's how we are now. And we as believers, we need to take time to focus on God away from our phones. We belong to him. You've accepted Jesus. You're his. Take time. I know I really stretch this out, but as, as his children, you want God to give you grace and peace. You've got to spend time with him. Okay? We could all do better at that, myself included. And I'm seeking him and praying in the spirit. But man, there's times you just got to shut everything off, shut the whole world off and just seek God. Dear brothers and sisters, we can't help but thank God for you. That's, that's such a nice way of saying it. Because your faith is flourishing. It's a good, strong word. It's growing. It's deep-rooted. 
It's lasting. It's eternal. And your love for one another is growing. So we got faith and love. Two very, very important things in God's kingdom. Because your faith is flourishing and your love for one another is growing. I think that name for the women's ministry is such a powerful name. Flourish. Let's keep going. February 27th, right? Tuesday, February 27th, 5 to 9 p.m. The doors open at 6 for those of you joining us on the live stream. We proudly tell God's other churches about your endurance and faithfulness. We're going to hang out on this verse a moment. In all the persecutions and hardships you are suffering. Can we be honest with each other? I know we go through trials, but most of us in here, we're not getting persecuted for our faith yet, are we? Not too much, huh? And we have before. You've had people laugh at you maybe at work or, you know, they kind of gave us a hard time during COVID about going to church. You know what I mean? But there's places in the world where people are getting killed for their faith. Now, I'm not saying you don't go through trials because some of you are going through a trial right now. It could be a court battle, a custody battle, something with your finances, something that's stressing you out, man. You've had a hard time sleeping. Man, we need to pray over you about that. But you're going through something. So those are, those are hardships. There's suffering in life. But we have not, as a whole, been persecuted for our faith too much yet in the United States. Now, those days could be coming soon. We don't know. I, I keep saying it. I believe COVID was a test run for lots of stuff. Say, so are you saying the virus wasn't real? No, it was a real virus. We won't get into all that, of course. It hit some people real hard. Others, it didn't. But... There was a test run for a lot of stuff, I think, and folks were taking notes about who was going to church, who was complying. I really believe that. You say, are you being a conspiracy theorist? Ah, there's just a lot of weird stuff going on. For the enemy to actually go out of his way to attack people's church attendance and going to Bible studies. At one point, the state government here was telling us we couldn't meet for Thanksgiving unless it was under, do you remember? Remember that? I was like, okay. The thing is with me, man, okay. You're messing with church. You're messing with family time. People need to get together. Come on, man. Don't do that. You can't even have a Bible study. So we met, and I, I told people, I said, hey, we'll meet in here in the sanctuary. It's big and open air. We had several guys meeting in here during COVID with me. And I said, I'll even space out the chairs if y'all want. You know, we won't laugh in each other's face or something. You remember, Noe? We kind of spaced them out a little bit. We did that for a few weeks. After a while, everybody's like, whatever, you know, fist bumping. I mean, you're still going to get it anyway. It, I mean, People go like this, they fist bump, but then they wipe their nose like this. You ever thought about that? Put the virus right up their nostrils. So, listen, we haven't seen hardship, persecution, and suffering for the name of Jesus yet. We may in our lifetime. It's very likely. It's just, it's not as popular as it used to be to be a person of faith. But look at this. He says, we proudly, they say, we proudly tell God's other churches about your endurance and faithfulness. In all the persecutions and hardships you are suffering. And I've said this before, let me say it. You never know when there's another virus on the horizon. The World Health Organization is already talking about disease X. I don't know what that is. But you need to stand up and be counted for the kingdom of God. And don't, don't run and hide. Don't run and hide and don't disconnect. Okay? Really. I remember I told people during, during COVID, I don't care if you come to church wearing a hazmat suit. If you, have, if you actually have to, do it. My wife and I, during COVID, we traveled at one point. I think it was that summer. And peop, there was a couple. I assume they were a couple. They were holding hands. And they were in full hazmat suits. <laughs> I'll never forget that. I was like, and you try not to stare. Going like this. They, they're, they're passing us. I was going. 
did you see that baby? She's like, people are crazy, you know, like just covered up, covered up, you know. But anyway, and, and you know, dad's hardcore. You know, dad's hardcore. He'll hit people and go, why are you wearing a mask? What's wrong with you? You know, he didn't wear a mask. He'd tell people I'm exempt. I don't know if it's his age, his authority, his gray hair, but he just didn't wear a mask anywhere. I think people are like scared of him or something. It's crazy. But don't let whatever's on the horizon intimidate you. Don't, because we haven't seen persecutions and hardships yet for the name of Jesus. I know you've gone through some suffering. I know you've had your heart broken. I'm not making light of the tribulations you've gone through. Jesus said we'd have trouble in this world, and you have. But man, for our faith, come on, we need to get our faith strong now because how many of you know in the moment, in the season, when your faith is getting tested, it's hard to start building up new faith that you haven't been developing. We noticed that during COVID. I'm sorry, I'm just bringing that up. It's just so, so relatable, so relevant. I remember watching people, it was like they had faith or they didn't. Now, I'm not saying be foolish. There were those going, <laughs> you don't have any faith, you know? Come on, let's be wise. Let's mix, let's mix wisdom and faith, but let's never forsake connecting with other believers and seeking God because of whatever the government is saying or whatever people are saying. Are you with me? I really want to drive that home tonight. Who knows what God is preparing us for by the Spirit of God. Disease X could be on the horizon. I mean, you just never know. Okay, let's move on. And God will use this persecution to show His justice and to make you worthy of His kingdom. Wow, He's talking to these folks. They're being treated poorly. They're being attacked. Uh, folks are going after them for their faith in Jesus. He'll use this persecution, this attacking of your faith by others, to show his justice and to make you worthy of his kingdom for which you are suffering. That's powerful. Look at the next verse. I love this one. Let's, let's park it here for a moment. In his justice, he will pay back those who persecute you. I've looked at several translations on this, about seven, eight, maybe ten of them. One of them says, God will trouble those who trouble you. He's going to pay him back. He's going to bring trouble to those who persecute you. Now, do you think God knows what he's doing? Oh, yes. Does he know how to get to people? Now, this is between you and God, but I have prayed this prayer, and I still do pray it. And people, this, this is controversial sometimes. It shouldn't be. There are those that some of you are dealing with impossible characters right now. They won't serve God. They won't. They won't. They won't. Someone say they won't. Yet. Mm -hmm. You need to pray this prayer and be ready. It could be ugly. Say, Lord, whatever it takes, save them. Mom and dad taught me that. Now, you just got to that. You got to really trust God when you pray that prayer, because I've hesitated many times when I went to pray that prayer, because you go, are they going to wind up in the hospital? Is something going to happen to them? But I trust God. I either trust him or I don't. All right. So. A prayer like that, it's worth it if you want someone to go to heaven. You want to see them in heaven someday. There are those men, they're hell raisers. And they're impossible. They won't listen. They're not listening. They're not serving God. They're just doing whatever. They're hurting people. They're hurting you. They're, they're inconsiderate. They're self-seeking. They're selfish. Whatever. They're serving the devil. you got to pray these prayers. Say, Lord, whatever it takes, save them. And I've seen that prayer work. And God is merciful. So he take, I've prayed that prayer for people. And it took a long time. 
But then God, I watched God do it. And they're still alive and they're serving God. So he knew what he was doing. I think sometimes we get scared, man. It's like, man, are they going to lose an arm? They're going to lose a finger. Well, even Jesus said it's better to go into eternal life missing a body part. Right? And he was speaking figuratively, but giving up everything to get to heaven. But, you know, okay. In his justice, he will pay back those who persecute you. So God will trouble those who trouble you. And uh, God knows how to deal with people. I kind of went off on a trail there. You can pray for people. Man, I'm telling you, pray that... (laughs) Whatever it takes, God, bring them in because it's worth it. You want them in heaven. You want them saved. Let's move on. And God will provide rest. Somebody say rest. Rest for you who are being persecuted because people were dealing with harsh persecution. In first century A.D., man, they were, they were killing folks for being Christians. They were throwing them in the Roman Colosseum, Colosseum with lions and tigers and gladiators and all kinds of crazy stuff. That's our spiritual legacy, our spiritual heritage. Now you got American believers who are scared to mention the name of Jesus because they think someone will laugh at them. And our spiritual ancestors were being thrown to the lions. Yours and mine, those were our spiritual fathers and mothers. And they would, they would starve the lions for days and then throw Christians out to them. And those, those lions were hungry. I mean, if your dogs get hungry and your cats, whatever animals you have, birds, I don't know. If they get hungry, imagine a big old lion that's starving. Those were terrible, terrible, terrible tests. But you know what? People would fall to their knees and raise their hands and say, Lord, I'm ready to meet you. Can you imagine? God give us faith like that again. God give us unshakable faith where we were really living and believing and standing on the rock of our salvation and live where we're, our lives are built on the rock. Where we say, man, come hell or high water. You've heard that saying? Come what may, God's going to take care of me. I'm going to trust him. And look at this. He says, God will provide rest for you who are being persecuted. And also for us, <laughs> wow, when the Lord Jesus appears from heaven. These guys were going through it. The apostle Paul here is saying, look, you're going to have rest when you go to heaven. They were in a pagan world. Christianity was not popular. It was spreading. It's, in, it's the interesting thing about the church. You say the Catholic Church, the Baptist Church, the no, the church, the true body of Christ, the body of Jesus, the ones who serve him and love him and don't worship idols, those who really love Jesus, whatever part of whatever denomination they are. Our spiritual legacy is this. People don't understand the church. They may not like the church. They may not understand it, but you can't get rid of it. You cannot. You can't come against what he's building. He said, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail. If you're the bride of Christ, he is protective. You say, man, I don't understand what God's doing. Yeah, but he's always going to take care of his people. He's always going to do the right thing at the right time. And people don't understand it. They say, well, the the church, we're going to just crush them. And the more pressure that's applied to the church, to the body of Christ worldwide, it's always caused us to grow. Always. And so at that time in the pagan world, man, they, it, was, it was becoming illegal to serve God in different places, and it just caused us to grow and spread and become more and more powerful. And that's why me and you are here today, because the early church was persecuted. We've seen what happens to the church when it's not persecuted. Look at America. People go, hmm, I'll go to church whenever. I may never go back. I don't know. I'll, go, I'll do the live stream. You know what some people do on the live stream? And I'm not... I'm not 
giving you a hard time tonight for being on the live stream. But there are those, they'll go, well, I don't know. I'll be on the live stream or I'll be on that live stream. I'll listen to all the live streams. I'll get a worship experience here and there. And they're double-minded and they're not getting anything. They're not focused in on what God is saying. Now, can you get a word from a live stream experience? Sure. Those of you on the live stream tonight, God is speaking to you right now. We believe that. I'm not giving you a hard time. But the facts are, many believers in America, they've never been through anything for their faith. And so when anything comes up, their faith is weak. Look, we've, we've, uh, historically, we've not been persecuted for our faith in the United States of America. And this church was, uh, this, this nation was built on, on biblical principles. Very imperfectly, very flawed, I know that. But the Bible was our foundation. And many people over the years, many, many, many over the years have wanted to do right in this nation. We've sent missionaries all over the world, and now they're sending missionaries to us. Wow. They do. They send missionaries to us now. You can, you can find it everywhere. There's all kinds of nations that say, man, they sent us American missionaries a generation ago, and now we're sending our missionaries to the United States. Because as a whole, the United States is lost. Okay? They hadn't been persecuted. And persecution is powerful because it sorts things out. You find out what's real and what's not real quick. You say, oh, man, I, no, I was in a social club. That's why I went to church. Well, then that, that's going to be hard to hold out. When it gets tough, folks are going to go, no, no thanks. No thank you. But I know your faith is true. I know your faith is real. And you're going to stand up to test and persecution. God will provide rest for you who are being persecuted and also for us when the Lord Jesus appears from heaven. He will come with his mighty, what? Angels in flaming fire. And I'm going to finish with this verse tonight. Is that verse 8? bringing judgment on those who don't know God and on those who refuse to obey the good news of our Lord Jesus. Remember, I've said this about the Lord lately, and you know this by reading Scripture. He is the judge of all the earth. We talked about it Sunday. He's going to bring judgment eventually. He's patient, he's patient, he's patient, he waits, he warns, he sends prophets, he sends a word, he sends a word, and then judgment happens. And judgment happens, and, and it sorts people out again, just like persecution. You have, you have it turn some people to God and some people run. Okay, so bringing judgment on those who don't know God and on those who refuse to obey the good news of our Lord Jesus. Wow. Verse eight, second Thessalonians one eight. We will stop there and we'll restart next week. It's about my time that we pray because the Spanish service is going to be coming in. So let's go ahead. If you would, let's bow our heads, close our eyes. Just to make sure. Is there anyone in this house or on the live stream at the sound of my voice that would say, you know what? I have never accepted Jesus. I've never made a public confession of the Lord Jesus, and I need to accept him. If that is you, raise a hand. Please, we're going to pray as a family. We pray as a family every service to make sure folks are right with God. If there's anyone in here who has never accepted Jesus as their Lord, please raise your hand, and we'll pray together. All right. Good. We're a house full of believers. Just in case for the live stream, I want everybody to repeat this simple prayer with me. Say, Heavenly Father, forgive me of my sin. Cleanse me by the blood of Jesus. Without you, I'm a sinner. But I confess the Lord Jesus. He is my Lord. And I believe He died and rose again for me. Save me, Lord.
I believe your word. Thank you for your blood. Thank you for saving me from hell and from myself. In Jesus' name. Let's pray together. Let me just agree over your lives, those in the house, those watching on the live stream. Lord, I thank you that our faith is being strengthened as we seek you in your word. We gather together on the live stream and in person to hear your word and have our faith strengthened. Lord, continue to work in us and strengthen us. Lord God, we can't live without you. and We wouldn't want to try. Lord, prepare us for the next set of battles and tribulations and persecutions. Whatever's on the horizon, Lord, I know you're preparing us for what's next. And we submit to that. We submit to what you're doing in our lives. We're not going to fight it or run from it or argue with you. Lord, you do it. You take care of it. You work on us and work in us. And I thank you for these faithful gathered here tonight on a Wednesday night and those that will be here Sunday. And I thank you, Lord, that you are faithful. Thank you that we're faithful and we're going to walk in your word. We love you. want to do the right thing because your word commands us in certain areas. We want to obey you. And we thank you for that, Father. And we thank you for your goodness and your promises. In Jesus' name, somebody said, amen.